So yeah, my name is Brendan Mee. I serve in Nashville uh, in campus ministry. I graduated from Lipscomb in May, and then I decided, all right, I'm going to do this full-time ministry situation. Um, and so Lipscomb is a Church of Christ school, and so everyone has to take some Bible classes. And so I had one, some of them are already kind of decided, like gen ed type deals, um, but there was one that I got to choose, and I was like, there's kind of a, a lot of options. Um, but there was one my friend was like, dude, do you want to take this class with me? And I was like, what is it? He's like, it's called Joy in the Good Life. And it's basically, I was like, that sounds so appealing to me. Um, Cause I've always kind of been, I try to think positively um, where like, oh yeah, good life. I want that, right? Like that sounds good. Yeah, like uh, let's do that. Um, life to the full, let's go for that. Um, and so that was pretty appealing to me. And then, you know, just kind of worked with my schedule perfect. And I was like, this is great. Um, and so this class today, is me taking that whole semester of content and trying to squish it into like 40 minutes. Um, and so it's gonna be, the class was total game changer for me, the way that I, um, I view life and then I, um, it, it's helped me think differently about how I, yeah, how I think, how I plan my life, how I live, um, and like kind of, it's helped me like define like, and just a whole lot, um, super, super helpful. Um, but I feel like the, the concept of, of happiness um, is kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting, especially in like a Christian context. Um, so I kind of wanted to get a poll. Um, how many of you guys think, um, or I guess, so, so agree or disagree, this is kind of uh, interactive. Agree or disagree, or what do you think about um, the statement that God wants me to be happy? Like just shout it out. Yeah, so yeah, I mean one at a time. Disagree, why? Uh, I think God wants us to have a joyous life, but uh, happy is more of like a instantaneous, like an instant feeling. Like it's not like a, it doesn't have any substance. Yeah, it's more just kind of a momentary hit of and, like And you something. can be happy because of like bad things, whereas like joyous is more like... It, it suggests something like more like long term, long term or fulfilling. Right, right. Okay, so we gotta disagree. Who else? How many people disagree with the statement "God wants me to be happy"? Okay. How many people agree? Yes, God wants me to be happy. Yes. All right. What makes you think God wants you to be happy? Because He loves me. All right. All right. What else? Another person for God wants me to be happy. What's up? Uh, because happiness is linked to joy. Okay, okay. What do you think? I think he said his will is good and pleasing. So, pleasing, happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so we kind of have all these concepts going around and different ideas that we might think as we uh, think about the question, does God want me to be happy? Um, and so I think um, the issue, I believe God does want us to be happy. Um but I also wouldn't disagree with what you said about how it's not about this momentary thing, right? Um, it's, I don't think it's so much about like, wants us to be happy or joy. It's, it's really about like um, that definition of happiness. How do we define happiness? Do we see it as, is it just like, oh, that, that momentary stuff of like, um, I don't know, something that, that's light and momentary. Oh yeah, that was, that, I'm happy for this moment. Um, or is it like, do we define like, I'm living a happy, whole, full life. Um, and so it just depends on how we define it. Right. Um, I need four volunteers. 
Um, we're going to uh, to read some scriptures that kind of answer this question. So you have four volunteers from the Bible. You're going to read John 10.10. 10. Um, Calvin, you're going to read John 15, verses 9 through 11. What's your name? Spencer. Spencer, you're going to read 1 John ver- chapter 4, verse 9. One more. You're going to read Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Um, so something else that's, that's kind of really core to um, something, as I think about this question, uh, is that God created us. He knows how we work. He knows what would be best for us. And he loves us, right? So wouldn't he want to um, teach us and to live in a way that is beneficial for us, right? Um, all right, go. This is going to be rapid fire. It's uh, John 10, 10 to what? That's it. Okay. Uh, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and to have it to the full. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's a very mission statement type thing. This is the reason I've come. Who, who's next? I forgot. Okay. All right. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. This is I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you may not, so that you, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. How about that? He wants his joy to be in us and be complete. Like, what does that even mean to have, like, complete joy, right? I think there's some mystery there. Spencer, go ahead. He just read John 15, verses 9 through 11. The next one is 1 John, chapter 4, verse 9. Okay. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So another mission statement of, uh, like, one of the missions of Jesus, uh, he was sent that, into the world that we might live through him, right? That kind of relates to this life, life to the full, right? Um, who the last one? Romans 15, Yeah, thir- this is Romans 15, 13. Yep. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So again, we have more words that are like, full of all joy and peace. Right? Can you guys imagine what that would mean to be full of all joy? Um, one of my favorite shows is Parks and Rec. Does anybody watch that show? Um, do you guys know that episode where Ron Swanson walks into the breakfast place? And I think it was where he just wasn't able to go to the, the, or the, steak, the steak place was closed. So he goes to this breakfast place. Yeah. He's like, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. And the guy goes away. He's like, okay. And then Ron's like, stop, stop, stop. Come back. I think what you heard me say was, give me a lot of bacon and eggs. But what I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Okay? And so I think Jesus is making a similar statement here. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And so I think the waiter, as, he, as Ron was telling him, you know, all the bacon and eggs, the waiter, like, he thought he got it, but he didn't really get it, right? He was like, oh yeah, that's just a lot of bacon and eggs. And Ron was like, no, 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 you don't get it. It's so much more than you think. I, want, I can eat so much more bacon and eggs than you can even imagine, right? Um, and so I think that's, that's what Jesus wants for us. That's what God wants for us. Going through scriptures. Life and have it to the full. Um, that, that his joy may be in us and our joy may be complete. Um, that Jesus came that we might live through him. Um, that we might be full of all joy and peace. And overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and even if you guys know the, um, the fruits of the spirit, right? A fruit is just like multiplying something of the same. As disciples, we're make, like bearing fruit is like 
apple apple fruit makes an apple tree. Orange fruit makes an orange bush or whatever, right? So we're making more of ourselves. So making disciples is, I'm making more disciples. I'm making more of myself. A fruit of the Spirit, when the, when the Holy Spirit is within us, that's, that's what it's creating, right? And so um, does anyone know where joy falls into the fruits of the Spirit? Number two. Number two, right? I don't know if the order matters, but like, it's at the top of the list, right? Maybe it's pretty important. Um, and so um, I, hope, I hope that that kind of helps us think differently about that now that, hey, this, this joy, um, it is something that Jesus wants for us. It's something that, that should be a natural um, fruit. It should be a natural, we should produce it naturally um, if we're living um, closely with Jesus, right? Um, and so another quote uh, there's this guy named Irenaeus who is in this, like a second century bishop. And in my class, my professor, this is like one of the core quotes um, that we had. Um, it's the glory of God is a human being fully alive. Um, in the class that Kendall Albert just taught about uh, spiritual warfare and reconciliation, he talked about how the glory of God is shown in the church, in our relationships. Um, and I think this, this guy would add, hey, it's, it's in our individual walks with God. It's, it's in the joy that we have um, in our relationship with him. Um, and so it's, it's really cool. There's a lot of really cool promises. It hypes us up. But I think um, how do we, the next question is like, how do we get that? Like, that sounds so good. That's, Jesus has that for us. He promises that he's, you know, the bread of life and this living water that, that you know, continues to well up in us, well up in us and, you know, thirst no more. Um, but uh I know for me, like, I haven't always felt that way, you know. I've been a disciple for over five years, but um, I haven't always felt that way. I haven't always felt like, my joy is overflowing, like, this is great, you know. Um, I, think, um, I think to a very specific time in my life um, where uh, I, was, I was, like, trying really hard to, to serve God, to, to live closely with Him. Um, it was after my sophomore, or in my sophomore year at Lipscomb, um, I had just quit the baseball team so that I could help people become Christians. And I was just like, let me get, let me just help as many people as I can. I'm going to study the Bible with tons of people. And basically what happened, don't do that. Don't spread yourself out super thin across a lot of people. That's not what Jesus did. He focused on a few people, right? Um, and so, so yeah, so I spread myself out trying to invest a lot in a lot of people. Um, and then what happened was they all kind of like left Stop studying the Bible or kind of friendship kind of broke off or um, all of that kind of happened at the same time. And so I came to this point where I was pretty burnt out. Um, I was kind of lonely, discouraged. And I was like, what the heck, man? Like I'm following, I'm trying so hard. Like I'm studying the Bible with so many people, um, but I'm lonely and discouraged and burnt out. Like some, this, something's not right. Like I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, and the, the thing, and also I don't think, I don't think people probably saw my life and went, that's amazing. Um, I want to live like that. I think they saw my life and went, man, that guy's so busy. He's so tired. Like, mm. what, I, like, no, like we, nobody likes feeling that way. Like that just sucks. Right. Um, and so the problem was, it wasn't that I was trying so hard to serve God. That was really my intention. Um, but the reality was, is I wasn't doing it Jesus's way. Right. I was doing it my way. I was doing it the American, you know, grind set way. And uh, like kind of my whole life, I was very focused on I want to play college baseball. And I was like really mo- like you guys know all those like 
motivational videos and oh you know you got to be a lion in a field of lions and wake up at five and grind 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 you know that's what i was filling my head with um but that's not really what jesus says like i don't see jesus saying stuff like that right like yeah let's work hard for god but we can't be listening to these motivational speakers and podcasts when when we're calling ourselves disciples of jesus like we go to jesus to learn he's the smartest person to ever to ever live he's the one that that we need to imitate our lives around Okay, and so I want, um, so this question of how do we get this joy? Um, there's two kind of branches um, that I, I think about it. Um, there's some that's, this is universal for every human being, right? Um, and then there's some stuff that's more, there's some variety in it based on the individual, based on the group or the culture or um, and it's, it's, it's less like, this is a hard truth. It's more like, yeah, maybe for some people it might be like this. Some people might like this. You kind of have to test it out. Um, but I think we all need to continually ask the question, how do I, like, what is this joy? Like, how do I, how do I get that? Right. Um, and so, so I'm going to start with the universal, like, this is for everybody. Um, and it's not a shocker. It's just be like Jesus. Okay. Um, in John 14, uh, Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. If we just be like Jesus, like he's the, he's the, perfect, imit- uh, the perfect image that we need to, to replicate, right? Um, in Genesis 1, 7, uh, 1, 27, it says that God made us in his image, right? We are designed to be like God. That's in our core, like how God made us. Um, in, in Romans 8, 29, uh, it also says, hey, we're, we're, more, we're predestined. We're made to conform to the image of Christ. Uh, in Hebrews 12, 2, it says Jesus was the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, right? And so Jesus is the one that he's got it. Like, that was it. That was the perfect example. If we're wondering, how do I get this joy? Like, how do I, how do I live well? Um, it's just be like Jesus. Um, and again, that's not, no, that's not new information to anyone. Um, but for me in my sophomore year, when I was getting really burnt out, um, I just wasn't really thinking that way, honestly. Like it was, a, it was a question that like, you know, everyone's wearing the WWJD bracelets. I just didn't see it or I didn't process it. Um, and so I just kind of want to like ask you guys like, hey, are you, are you trying to live like Jesus? Are you looking at his life? Are you in the word and seeing how he lives life and seeing his habits and his rhythms and what kind of friends did he have? Like, where did he spend his time? Like, how much did he travel? Like, um, that kind of thing. Are you, are you looking at that? And are you saying, how does this translate to my life as, you know, a college student in the Southeast, right? Because this is kind of the hard part of following Jesus is Jesus wasn't a college student. You know, he didn't have your, your major. He didn't have your friend group. Um, he didn't have your family or your history. Um, and so you have to say, okay, here I am. Um, I have all this, you know, maybe you got a lot of baggage or you got a mess or maybe you got some good stuff going on. Um, the, the truth is God has given us all a lot of gifts and a lot and put us in situations. Um, and the reality of life is we have baggage, you know, we sin, other people sin. And so we have to learn how to deal with that. That's just kind of how it goes. Um, but, but really the move is let's like, you have to learn how to deal with things as Jesus would, right? Um, and I think, 
And so when we sin, the word sin uh, in Greek is hamartia, which means to miss the mark. The mark is Jesus, right? That the target is Jesus. Um, and sin is just, oh, we just missed it. We, we aim for Jesus and we missed it. Um, and that's when, that's when and, and usually when you miss a mark, um, you, get, you get feedback, you get signs, right? Um, and, and God has designed our bodies and our brains to give us that feedback. Um, and it's hard to like, see it as feedback, but, but it is. Um, so things like, things like sadness, things like anxiety, pain, alarm, um, even like a fight, fly, or freeze response or exhaustion, um, those are all signs that, that we're, we kind of, I think it is helpful to kind of think of it as I'm getting feedback um, for how my life is going. Um, if, you're, if you're experiencing a lot of those things, um, that might be signs that, hey, maybe I'm not living in a way that's, that's like Jesus. Maybe I'm missing something there. Um, and like, I mean, there's, there's so many situations in the Bible where, you know, I mean, Job is kind of my prime example of, hey, he was, he was a, you know, one of the most righteous men in the Bible and one that's like praised as a great example. But he had, you know, he had a lot of anxiety. He had a lot of issues. He was angry at God and he told him and he, you know, he was suicidal and stuff. Oh, I wish I was never born, you know? Um, and so don't feel like um, bad or shame for feeling like for having anxiety or, or sadness or pain or, or whatever. Um, just kind of note it and be like, oh, that's there. Okay. Um, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe, maybe there's something that I, I can do to be more like Jesus in this situation. Um, and then sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. I don't know. It, that's like whatever. I don't know exactly what your situation is that that might be. There could be a whole lot of things. Um, and like specifically with anxiety and depression, like that's so, so present um, in our, specifically our age group and life stage and like um, stuff with like technology and social media, kind of the, I think the, um, like the, the normal, like most people I feel like do, like if you're not doing anything extra, you're probably just gonna revert to a lot of anxiety and depression. Like you have, our world is hard where it's hard to be emotionally and spiritually healthy. Like you have to do like more than what, like people, if you want to be really healthy and be like Jesus, people are going to have to be like, people will probably see your life and be like, wow, he's doing a lot. That, that's something else. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but that, that's kind of what we have to do. Like following Jesus is not easy. Um, and and yeah, um, I'm reading this book called The Divine Conspiracy. It's by this guy named Dallas Willard. It's like borderline, like a classic. It's like a thick book. Um, and it talks about, hey, Jesus, was Jesus, Jesus? okay, he's the, our prime example. Was he spiritual? Was he close with God? Was he like in step with the spirit? Absolutely. Like if anyone was ever close with God, if anyone was ever in step with the spirit, it was him. And so I think our personal relationships with God um, that's got to be at the core of who we are and the core of what we do is our love for God um, and our, our walking in obedience with him and, and being in step with the spirit. Um, you guys want to turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, so it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus talking to a group of people, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Has anyone ever felt like weary and burdened? Yeah. I feel like, not Whitson though. Nope. <laughs> um, I feel like college, like a lot of times when I share my faith with people, everyone's like, oh, sorry, I'm busy. Um, I'm so t- hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm busy. Uh, bro, that, it's just like being weary and burdened is so um, normal, right? Um, but, but Jesus says um, that, hey, he's, he's saying, come to me and I will give you rest, right? Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, right? And so it, it, this scripture isn't talking about, um, I think there is some stuff that's kind of this like crazy spiritual, like, I don't know how Jesus did that. I just feel different. Like, I'm just different now. Like, flip the switch. I don't know what happened. Um, but I think this scripture is incredibly practical. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, right? A yoke was like a kind of a piece of wood that they strapped across the back of two oxen so that they could kind of go in the same direction, they turn, if one turned left, both would turn left. One turned right, they both turn right, forward, backward, right? And so, um, same thing. Hey, like, are we, are we taking Jesus's yoke upon us? Are we living in the way that he does? Um, are we learning from him? Are we proactively working to learn to be like Jesus, right? Um, and yeah, uh, so, okay, that kind of, that kind of wraps up the, this section on this universal it's just be like Jesus. That, that's everyone. Um, if anyone's like experiencing like anxiety or depression or their life's not going the way they want, it's like, dude, you, you just learn from this guy, Jesus. Like he knows how to do life. Like we don't know how to do life. Life is like so hard. Like Jesus knew how to do it. Let's just go and learn from him and be like him. So that's, that's the universal side of things. Um, I'm going to start talking about the side that's more individual and there's kind of some variety and, um, in this section of the lesson, there's going to be a lot less scripture and a lot more pull from positive psychology, um, which was basically like uh, the psychological study world, whatever. They're kind of at this point where they were like, man, all we do is try to get people to be like not depressed or not sick, but we don't think so much in the positive direction where how do we get like really healthy? How do we get like really like living joy-filled lives? And so that's what positive psychology is, is the study of how do we be like, let's, let's go for that life to the full. Let's not just try to stop being sick or try to stop sinning. Let's just, like, try to, like, live in a way that's, that's great and fulfilling. Um, and so, yeah. So, um, one study or kind of a compilation of a couple studies showed that um, someone's overall happiness, and this is, like, again, kind of a summary. Someone's overall happiness. Actually, wait. Um, let me ask first. So there's three, three major contributors to overall happiness. Um, there's genetics, your personal actions and, and habits and like your decisions, and then your circumstances. So these are the people I'm around. This is the job that I have. This is the, um, I don't know, the life circumstance I'm in. Um, so genetics, your actions and your life circumstances. Who thinks so what do you guys think is the highest contributor to your happiness? Um, so who thinks genetics is the highest contributor? Parker, okay. Yeah, who, who thinks that your own actions are the highest contributor? Okay, who thinks your circumstances are the highest contributor? Okay, so genetics is actually the highest. So 50% of your happiness 
um, comes from what's called like a set point um, where um, it's kind of similar to like your body weight where some people are just heavier. It's just like just kind of the natural spot where they just kind of tend to be a little heavier. Um, some people are just lighter, like a runner's body type thing. That's just kind of natural for them. It's not like healthier or unhealthy. They're just like bigger or smaller people. Um, same thing like across the board. Some of us, we're just kind of naturally happier. Like can't really know why. It's just kind of is. Some just tend to be less happy and kind of maybe tend towards depression. That's just, it's just a natural thing. Like you can't do anything about it. So that's, that's 50%. Um, 40%, actually the next one, your circumstances is only 10%, right? Which is crazy because we tend to, we tend to think my circumstances are the highest. Like none of us answered that, but that's really how we, if we're real, that's like how we think. Oh, you know, when this, this professor sucks, like if only I had a better professor, oh, if they didn't make that test so hard or man, if this person didn't say this to me, they made me mad. It's on them. It's not on me. Right. We, we really do think that way. Um, but the reality is, um, so 40% of our happiness comes from our own actions, our own habits, um, the way we decide to think. Um, and that's kind of just like, think about that. Like, you really have so much control over your own joy and your own happiness. Um, and I think we can't wait for other people to, to make us happier. We can't wait for other people to say, here's life to the full, do it, right? It's like, that's totally not gonna happen. Um, and that's, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, hey, you come follow me, right? And come learn from me and then like take my yoke upon you. And then, hey, you guys are wearing burden. I'll give you rest. He has those answers, right? And so um, this next, like everything we're talking about is in the 40% section where our habits, our thought processes, our decisions, um, we can decide all those things, right? Um, and then, you know, hey, circumstances happen. Somebody dies. You have zero control over that, right? Um, that's going to affect you. That's okay. That's, that's, it should affect you. Um, you, might, you might feel down. Like you don't, if somebody dies or something bad happens, don't be like, I'm just going to be happy, you know, like, oh, I'm rejoicing in my sufferings, right? We should rejoice. We should thank God for our sufferings. That's a different class. Um, but it's a, like deal with it, but like circumstances happen. And it, but, it, but how we go about dealing with it um, is huge, huge, huge. Um, all right, this is going to be a lot of uh, rapid fire. Oh, there's this study, this study type thing. Um, so Harvard did an 80-year study on what leads to happiness and healthy lives. It's the longest study ever conducted on how to be happy um, by Harvard. So they're, they're usually a pretty good source. Um, so they basically track some dudes like their whole lives, like checked in every year about um, happiness and relationships and health and took sample, like, bl- like blood samples and stuff. Um, and they found that the biggest uh, contributor to our, our personal happiness and health is our relationships, right? Having good and healthy relationships um, is the biggest contributor, right? And it's kind of crazy, like, hmm, I wonder else who said something about having, having relationships. Jesus, right? He said, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Love, that's a rela- loving God, relationship. Second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. More stuff about relationships. So it's like, man, Harvard's kind of finding stuff out that Jesus was telling us like thousands of years ago. Maybe he knew something about what's going on, right? Um, but it's, yeah, yeah, like our, our relationships are so key. Um, they also found that loneliness is just as powerful as alcoholism or smoking tobacco for having a negative effect on our lives, right? Um, 
And that's kind of crazy. Like we think, oh, dude, smoking like you're getting lung cancer. Like my mine of my neighbors, like he smokes a lot of cigarettes, and I always hear him like coughing. Like I'm like, dude, you need to just like wash out your lungs. Like those things are full of tar. Like he's just coughing it all up. I'm like, dude, that's so not healthy. Um, but hey, loneliness is just as powerful, right? Um, I think for us, like guys tend to be worse at relationships than girls. I don't know what they got going on. They're just like. They're just so like closed all the time. Um, but I want you guys to think about your dads or your grand your granddads. Like, how many of them have a best friend? You know, mm-hmm. how many of them hang out with their friends consistently? Yep. How many of them you know call each other? You're ha- you know, like that's not that's not normal, right? Like we we're like wait what? Like if I saw my <laughs> there's one time in high school my dad like he went to like have a sleepover at another dad's house and I was like dad that's so <laughs> weird but I was like. I respect it. Okay. I mean, like, he's going after his friendships. Let's go. But I was like, that's kind of weird. But, like, why is it weird? Like, it, and so, but we think about that. That's kind of what, like, if we don't do anything about it, if we don't think about our friendships now, um, that's where we're going to end up in 10, 20, 40 years is we'll be lonely. And if you're married, your wife is going to be, like, nagging on you. Why don't you have any friends? You're going to be like, you know. Um, let's not be that. Like, you're going to be so not happy. Um, Right? We, need to have, we need to have strong relationships. And Jesus was talking about that from the get-go, right? Um, so that's, a, that's the top thing, pretty much. Um, another thing, this was all over the place. Practice gratitude, mm-hmm. right? And I say practice because it is, it is an intentional like, practice. Um, it's not a feeling of, I feel so grateful, right? I think that's a fruit of when you, when you discipline yourself and, and practice gratitude. Um, so it could be something like, you do a gratitude journal every morning or night or every week or something like that. And you write down the things you're grateful for. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy the way that it shapes you to think, um, instead of, um, and I think a a practical way we can put that in practice is when something's hard, thank God for it. Right. God, thank you that you're putting me through this. You're shaping me into a stronger man. Thank you for this. Or that, that's kind of the, the easiest thing that I think about. Um, but if you just do that, like, this is a thing that, like, just do it. Like, even if you don't feel like it, just do it. And, like, you'll really see how you can grow. Um, it's so crazy. Um, and also, I, I do want to challenge you guys with this because it's so, like, we complain, like, all the time. Like, that, that's just a normal thing. I was in charge of the Saturday morning breakfast this morning. And people were complaining from the get-go. I'm like, what? Like, where's your gratitude? You know, be grateful. <laughs> Um, but uh, it was, it was, I, I right? I deliberately brought my own breakfast because, like, that stuff was nice, but it's side items. Ooh. There we go, right? <laughs> but hey, hey, I'll challenge you to be grateful for it. Hey, man, something good, good. Keep it, keep on that, keep on that. Um, yeah, even if it's not great. So this is like the Saturday morning breakfast. Maybe it wasn't great, but hey, that's a circumstance. You can decide to complain about it and be bitter and just like kind of be like a cancerous type thing to the group. Or you can say, hey, man, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for this. Like, yeah, I got a banana. This is great. You know, it's really simple. But if you just change the way you think, you'll really see that you do feel happier. Like, it really works. Um, when you're complaining, you're focusing on the negatives. When you're practicing gratitude, you're focusing on the positives. It's like, wow, this is, even if it's like, like, it doesn't feel great to go through something hard, right? Mm. But if you, if you change your mind to think, I'm going to be grateful for this. Um, it really does help. It's crazy. Um, another thing, exercise. Um, exercising consistently is kind of crazy how, how much 
like health, like physical health, mental health, emotional health um, that it has for us. Uh, studies show that it has similar and sometimes better effects than antidepressants, right? So um, give it a go, like establish some sort of rhythm to your life to exercise. Um, and that's something like I had to learn to build a conviction on. After I, after I quit the baseball team, my whole life I had been training to be good at baseball or physically training to be good at baseball. And then that was gone. And so I was like, why do people work out? Like, I'm not going to get fat. And then I was like, oh, I can't get fat. Uh, let's like, let me like learn how to do this. And then like studying out and be like, okay, I actually enjoy this. This is healthy. This is good. Learning in this class, I was like, I'm definitely working out consistently. And so I've kind of got like a consistent workout schedule that I've got with myself. And I enjoy it. And it's so helpful. It's a nice break. Um, it's so helpful. Um, all right, the next thing is habits. Build good habits. Um, John Mark Comer uh, has a, a quote and says, in the, end of your, in the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you give your attention to. That bodes well with, for those uh, apprentices of Jesus who give the bulk of their attention to him and to all that is good, beautiful, and true in this world. So I'd ask you guys, what are you giving your attention to? Mm. Right? What are your habits? Um, are you even aware of your habits? Um, it's actually really hard to be aware of your habits. You actually have to work and like, kind of do something, what's called a habit audit. These are the things that I do every day. Um, so it's just like, hey, what do you, when you wake up, what do you do? What's the first thing you do? Do you look at your phone when you first wake up? That's detrimental, guys. If you do that, you got to get off that. That's so bad for you. Yep. Um, read the Bible first thing in the morning. Like, how, what, what would happen if for the rest of this year, the first thing you did in the morning was spend time with God mm-hmm. in the Word and in prayer? What kind of man would you become if you did that for a year, yep. for five years, for 10 years, right? How much closer to God would you be if you did that rather than first thing you look at is, I got a text, oh crap, I forgot to do that. And then you're scrolling through Instagram and man, all these other people have such cool lives and my life's kind of crappy and uh, this is really bright. Oh crap, I'm late for class. You know, like, which would you rather have? Um, Think about your habits. Your habits form you into what kind of person you're going to become later on down uh, over years. And so as you think about your habits, um, think, is this a habit I want to grow old with? Okay. Mm -hmm. Habits don't change unless you change them. You ha- if you want to if you want to shape your life into imitating Jesus into living the life to the full, you have to be so intentional about how do I change my habits. Um, and the best move it's easy. I know if you're feeling pretty motivated right now because this is really cool stuff. Um, you know, next week you're like I'm gonna change all these habits. Um, just do it one at a time and kind of stack. Like work really focus on one, add that to your life, make that a part of your life, and then stack another one and then it's just like kind of change one thing at a time because if you try to change a lot at a time then you get like kind of you kind of quit because you can't do it all and then you change nothing and then you're just kind of like discouraged and you're like that didn't work but but the reality it's like no that's just not the way to do it like just start big focus on one thing at a time um the next thing is is meaningful work um in ephesians 2 10 it says that God made us for good works, right? So, so we're made to work, uh, especially as men. We tend to be more work-oriented. Um, and so think about, think about what your work is going to be. Um, I think also as men, we tend to be more lazy um, and just want to like chill or just want to like watch TV or Xbox or whatever, right? Work is important. Um, and our, our perspective on work is important. That it's, it's really not, if you just view work your whole life as, uh, I have to do this. Somebody's forcing me to do this. This is only for money. That sucks. I don't want to live that way, right? Um, but we can, like, 
if you guys think about this, does God need us to work? Right? Does he need us to contribute to his world? No. Like, we're so insignificant compared to how big he is. If he wanted something to get done, like, he could just do it. But instead he says, oh, I want to I wanna partner with you guys. I want you guys to be a part of my work on this earth. And so think about it that way. This is my opportunity to contribute to God and how he's working on this earth. And so for me, that's in a full-time ministry position. I majored in engineering. And so I was thinking about, I could serve God as an engineer or I can serve God in ministry. And I decided, okay, I think the biggest need right now is in ministry. So, and specifically in my church, I was like, yeah, I think this is the biggest need. So I'm going to do that. And that's it. It's, it's not like ministry is so much more glorifying to God or, you know, something, whatever you're majoring in, whatever their job is not glorifying to God. Um, use your talents to contribute to God's mission on this earth. And try, really try to view, view work that way. Um, and school, okay, so school also, like, what, like it, it doesn't affect the world at all what's great. You get on a test. I did this, like, a big senior design project. It's like a cool rocket, but like that didn't help anybody except for me because I really grew and matured through it. And so try to view your school in that way that um, this is this is me just maturing so that I can um, be a man that's well equipped and able to to serve and to contribute to what God's doing on this earth. Okay, um, and for real, if you even if you just change the way that you think about that, um, and, and instead of dreading school, instead of dreading that essay or that assignment, it becomes all right. I'm being trained. I'm being trained. There's, there's something I'm shooting for. This is good. This is good. You have to remind yourself. And then, but eventually the more you remind yourself, the more it's just the way you think. Okay. Um, work needs to be paired with rest. If you just work like crazy seven days a week, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to hate it. Um, if you just rest all the time, you're just a lazy bum, right? And you don't, and you don't feel like you're contributing anything. You feel insignificant. Um, there's a healthy balance there. And, um, God describes a, a weekly Sabbath that's healthy and in kind of into the core of how he's designed us. Um, and so, yeah, like the, some, there's something special about how God's designed us with a seven, seven day rhythm. Um, a company a while ago uh, tried to, or maybe it's like a slavery thing. I don't remember. Um, but they tried to switch people onto this 10 day week where they would work eight days and rest for two days. And it did not work. They got burnt out so bad. And I think people died and stuff. It right? was a work thing, not a slavery thing. Okay, okay it was a work thing. Um, so, so, but the seven-day rhythm, it works. Another thing, when people were trying to travel across the Oregon Trail, across the country, um, there's a group of people who, they were consistently like living on this week, seven-day Sabbath rhythm. And then some of them were like, Hey, let's just, let's just on that seventh day, let's just keep going. We'll make it there faster. Another group was like, no, let's keep the Sabbath. Let's, let's rest on our seventh day. And which, which group do you guys think made it there for, or they split. And which group do you guys think made it there first? The Sabbath group. The Sabbath group, right? Because they rested and on the days that they worked, they were a lot more effective and they were, they were able to move a lot faster. Right. And so that's something that I implemented my last two years of engineering school was all right, Saturdays, I'm not doing any homework. And people are like, dude, that's crazy. You can't do that. And I was like, let's see. I mean, like, God can get me a job. Like, I don't need him to, or like, I, I want to be able to have faith and trust that God can give me a job and he can, and he knows me and knows um, what a healthy rhythm is for me. So I'm going to give it a go. And it worked. I did it for two years. And then my all my classmates were getting burnt out halfway through a semester. And I was like, I'm feeling good. Like I'm thinking about work in a healthy way. Like I have a break. Um, 
I have something that I'm looking forward to every week. I'm resting and, you know, Sunday, Monday come around and I'm like ready to go. And everyone else is like, oh, I did homework like this whole weekend. And I'm like, you need a break. Like go take a nap, go like on a walk or something like that. And so rest and work is very healthy, um, balanced. Sleep um, as a part of rest is basically like the cure-all for all this stuff. Um, obviously physical health. Um, like my sister was really sick one time because um, uh, she was getting like four or five hours of sleep a night consistently. And then she went to the doctor and she was like, she was like do I have a pneumonia or something like that? And the doctor was like, yeah, can you have like pneumonia? Or it was something like... It wasn't like super bad, but it was like, you're sick. And the doctor was like, are you sleeping enough? She was like, it's four hours enough? And he was like, no, go take a nap, right? So the physical health, um, the emotional health, um, uh, if you guys are involved in like childcare or if you have younger siblings, you know, like if kids are like mad, sometimes it's like, you need a nap. Just go take a nap. They won't be mad anymore. Like we're the same way. Sometimes if we're mad, we just need a nap. <laughs> like and that's really it. And like think about how much more irritable you are when you're tired. How much less you can focus when you're tired. Um, maybe even now, you know, some of us probably got like four or five hours sleep last night. Probably harder to focus. Um, but if you if you find this good sleep rhythm, it's super helpful. Um, something else, just fun, right? I think fun is like so important to our lives. If our life it's all about work. Again, hey, we're not going to, um, yeah, we'll be contributing a lot, but we're not going to be able to enjoy the blessings that God has given us. Um, so take time for fun, right? Um, go like, and, and this is something that you do kind of have to um, explore and see what's fun for you specifically. Um, for me, I really enjoy, I joined this intramural volleyball league, super fun. Um, I like spike ball, I like basketball, I like working out. Um, I'm learning to like reading more. Um, and kind of building that into my life. Um, and honestly, okay, sometimes people ask me like, what's your favorite this or that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really have like a, a thing that I like do. I'm just like, if people are there, we're just hanging out. I'm having a great time, honestly. And so that's for me. Those are kind of some of the things that I enjoy and that I try to make a part of my life. Um, so you got to find out what's it for you. Oh, I love this game or we play D&D every you know, Thursday night or whatever, um, that kind of thing. Um, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of self-discovery that you have to go on. Um, you guys have to each kind of figure out what, what brings me joy and, and try different stuff out and, and kind of just know, how am I feeling that? Like, all right, I kind of like that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try it again next week or, ah, it wasn't my thing. I'll try it again next week. If you feel like, ah, it's not my thing, that's okay. Just find something else. Um, I tried out D&D and dude, it burns me out so fast. I can last like 30 minutes and then I like start falling asleep. Like, I don't know what it is. It's crazy. Um, but go try it out. It's like, and, and I want you guys to have this mindset of like, just try it out. Like, see what happens. It'll, it'll be fun. It like, if it doesn't go so well, it was like, I tried this one time. It was not my thing. And that's it. And it was kind of like a fun experience. Um, and if you don't have that mindset and you kind of be closed off to things, then it's like, you're just limiting yourself. Like, what if you're going to, you, you, there's this other thing that's just one attempt away from finding something that's super cool and super meaningful. Right. Um, big note Instant gratification is not joy, okay? That is a huge lie that Satan pulls out, that brings us, um, and we need to acknowledge that that is not true. Instant gratification is on our phones, social media, the, the notifications that our phone brings us, like um, society and technology and everything is designed for our instant gratification. And so we have to be super intentional about 
this is what they're like, you know, the man or whatever, the internet, the people behind the screen, they're, they're, they know how our bodies and our brains work and we're so susceptible. Um, we have to, we have to put up a lot of guards to not let that, those lies pull us in and that first to fall prey to that. Right. Um, okay. A lot of quick notes, um, variety. Hey, spice up your life. Try out, try out different things. Um, one time I, uh, I was like, how did my time with God? And honestly, I felt like a little bored with it. And I was like, I feel bad. Like, is the word of God boring to me? Like, oh man, I need to get my heart right. Um, and then the, like the next day we have this class on, in my class about, uh, variety and hey, it's just sometimes you need to mix it up. So if you're feeling like I'm second to rut or whatever, just try mixing it up. Try saying else out. Um, try to establish rhythm to your life, kind of some daily, weekly, monthly, seasonal, or annual, or in the Bible, there's even a seven year, year of Jubilee rhythm. Uh, so that could be, you know, my morning routine, my night routine, weekly Sabbath, church, um, kind of being in a campus ministry, there's already established a weekly rhythm. So that's super healthy for us. Um, maybe every month, I don't know, the beginning of every month, you do something, I don't know, like you kind of clean your house or something. Seasonal, we, on like campus ministry, like we're already kind of on a seasonal um, track. Um, annual, we do have like annual celebrations, you know, holidays and stuff. That's also keeps us on track. Um, yeah. Next thing is discipline. Discipline is a secret to unlocking strength. Um, if you want to be stronger at bench press, you discipline yourself in bench press consistently and then you unlock strength. Um, and so doing that in your life, thinking about that, what about a spiritual discipline, right? Physical strength, I increase my physical, or physical discipline, I increase my physical strength. What about a spiritual discipline? What does that happen? What, how does that change you and transform you, right? You become more like Jesus. Um, setting goals, get your life going in a direction, that's a game changer. Um, changing the way you think about things. We've talked a lot about gratitude and um, that's probably the biggest thing we talked about or the, the you know, just test it out type thing. Um, willpower. Willpower is a muscle that you can grow um, and it's also something that gets tired and so um, you have to learn how to, okay, how do I build my willpower consistently? Um, meditation is a, actually a game changer. Um, I kind of viewed it as like, it's kind of weird yoga hippie thing. Um, but actually it's super helpful. It, it helps you, it helps you like be able to focus for longer. Um, and that's something to research on your own. Um, coping methods. This is a, uh, what I have in my control versus circumstances in your life. Um, again, life's hard stuff happens. Like people get sick or die or people are angry or sin. Um, but how you deal with it is so helpful for how you like how your life runs. Um, and suffering well, um, as you know, Jesus was suffering. Hey, let's try to imitate the way he suffered. Um, therapy, um, again, life's hard. Like we don't know how to deal with stuff. It's okay. Like be humble enough to ask for help from professionals. Um, be courageous enough to, to step into those problems and say, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to deal with this. I'm going to grow. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, I know this is a lot of content. I know it's been, a, uh, we didn't, nobody slept last night. Um, but I want you guys to, um, uh, my professor, his name is Dr. Camp. He invited us to, to define our lives in a new way and constantly be asking a question, what is the good life? Um, and constantly be asking that, how do, what is the good life? How do I live life to the full? Um, 
what do I need to try out? What do I need to integrate into my life or take out of my life to, to shape my life and build my life more into that, um, that way? Um, and just think about it. Like, what, what would your life be like if you, if you did live that way? If you did constantly ask that question and constantly trying out different things and constantly, um, you know, building different things into your life? Um, how, you know, how would you change? How would you grow? Um, and be okay if, you know, hey, you tried out, it doesn't go so well. Okay. Maybe that didn't go so well. Let me try out this other thing. Um, and continuing to grow and mature. Um, yeah, into the man that I think God, God you wants us each to be, right? Um, so that's it. Um, yeah.